Is it recording? I think it's recording. It's recording. I hope so. <laughs> I'm Steve. I'm Mike. Uh, oh, what was that? That's horrifying. Oh, that was bad. Too much burgers. Mike yeah. had two hamburgers tonight. He's a fat boy. Yeah, I'm a big boy. This is Don't Feed After Midnight. And tonight, we're discussing Star Wars comics and fatness, apparently. <laughs> you fat after midnight. That's totally true. <laughs> uh, we're fat. That's a good one. So, I've been reading these newer Star Wars comics, and I fucking adore them. It's ridiculous. I mean, the artistry is pretty freaking wicked. But that, it comes after the storytelling. I mean, the Darth Vader series... He's really fucking good. It's so fantastic. With with him, like, and, you know, you have the Emperor, um, like, pulling the strings or whatever. And mm-hmm. he, he highlights Dr. Afra. Highlights. Listen to me. Whoa. He um, finds this this uh, girl named Afra. She's, like, a doctor. And uh, she's, like, not that type of doctor, though. She's an archaeologist, but she steals shit and sells it for money. Mm-hmm. So she's kind of like Vash. From Star Trek The Next Generation, the one that was Bowen Picard. Okay. Um, and uh, anyway, like, it's really good. It, it's all this stuff with Vader and, like, it's major spoilers, by the way, if you haven't read these comic books. <laughs> so if you, if you have not read them and you still want to I think that's just a given. I think, you're, I think you're fucked because we're going to talk about it. Yeah. Um, <laughs> you're going to get it. You're going to get it. <laughs> just skip to, skip to the end of this. I don't know where, but literally just literally skip. just listen to the title music and the ending. Just music. listen to it's, our voices for like the first ten seconds. Yeah, you'll, you'll be good. You'll be okay. Um, <laughs> well, yeah, the uh, it's it's a really good series because it shows just like you know there's there's a scene that where this dude like basically who helped build Vader's armor is kind of being a douche, and Vader goes to take him down. He's like, "Hey, douchey McDoucherton, I'm gonna fuck your shit up," and the guy keeps transferring his consciousness into different clone bodies. Well, Vader finally tracks him down. And dude's like, guess what, Vader? Fuck you, I helped design your armor. And he freezes Vader's armor up. But oh, button. shit. So Vader can't do shit. He's like sitting there kneeling, and while he's kneeling, he's debating whether he's going to live or die. And he has these images in his head of uh, him standing on the, you know, by the lava. And Anakin, the image of Anakin Skywalker comes at him. He's like, you know, you murdered him, you murdered everybody. You're, you're a monster, I hate you, I hate you. And Vader just literally picks him up and throws him in the lava he's like you're a child and I'm very adept at killing children and you know, he kills so he kills this other version That's so of himself up. it's bad and he's, he, he just literally cuts himself through all the Jedi that he can think of and then uh, freaking um, Padme appears mm-hmm. and she's like Anakin you know she's like you need to come back to me you know just stop just give up stop fighting let, mm-hmm. it, let yourself die let go and he's like, he turns around and he starts, he's Darth Vader this way. He's not Anakin, he's in the Vader armor, in his mind. He turns around as Darth Vader and he chokes her. And he says, Anakin Skywalker is dead. I killed him. That's and then all of a sudden he stands up in the real world and the, the douchey McDoucherton's like, you can't do that. And Vader's like, everything is you know possible through the power of the Force, or the power of the dark side or whatever. And he fucking annihilates the dude. Like, Damn. he fucking kills him. And, I mean, scenes like that happen. It's, it's just amazing shit. Uh-huh. You know, Vader, you know, playing political games with people. There's a guy who figures out who's, he's Anakin Skywalker. And um, he's basically tasked by the Emperor to follow him around to make sure he's not fucking up. Mm-hmm. But Vader is quietly eliminating his rivals, kind of. I don't know. It's, yeah. really, it's a really good comic. And then you've got the other Star Wars comics where it's just like, it's between, like, A New Hope and Empire Strikes Back. 
And there's great scenes where Vader faces Luke, and Vader's like, wait, that's my lightsaber. Mm-hmm. Obi-Wan gave you my lightsaber. Where did you get this lightsaber? He's all pissed off, you know. And then there's scenes later where you know, Boba Fett, you know, he sends Boba Fett basically after the pilot that blew up the Death Star because he wants that kid. Right. And Boba Fett's like, well, I didn't get him, but I did, I did get a name for him. I, you know, I did get his name. Right. His last name was Skywalker. And Vader's, and Vader's just, like, well, shit. You just, you just sit there <laughs> staring at the viewport of the Star Destroyer and, and, and Boba Fett. He doesn't even acknowledge Boba Fett's... Boba Fett's like, I think I'm done here now. And he turns and leaves. Because I think Boba Fett... Boba probably, knows. He knows who Vader Boba is. Boba knows. Um, so, but Vader's just standing there, and you see the glass of the Star Destroyer, the transparent, transparent steel glass, whatever it's called, mm-hmm. just start cracking and webbing and shattering. And he's like... Because he knows the Emperor lied to him. Uh-huh. And, uh, but he can't show it because he knows the Emperor could kill him. So right. he's just like... Easily. You know. it's, a, it's a great series. It really is very, very well done. Yeah, I... Uh you know, as far as the Star Wars comics go, I loved the Maul comic, and I just recently read the Mace Windu comic. Um, they both have like almost opposite, uh, almost opposite effects as far as storytelling goes. Like the Maul comic, he literally spends the whole time being this like, you know, self righteous Sith like apprentice that. He, it's funny because they kind of compare a Sith killing a Jedi for the first time to literally losing your virginity. Like they, really? they they compare it almost directly. It's hilarious. Like Maul is trying to go out of his way to make his first Jedi kill the most special thing in the world, and immediately I'm reading this. I'm like, he's trying to get fucked. Like, <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> but like it's so cool because he finds a uh, old Palpatine. At the time, his master sends him to uh, to like find some artifact or something, but he senses a Jedi uh, nearby. So he goes on the look and he finds this like black market gambling ring, whatever. And they have a a young Padawan in captivity. Her master died in a in a starfighter crash. She survived. And uh, they they scavenged her up and like they took her in and now they're like they got people betting on who gets to have her. No. Oh. And Maul's like, well, I'm trying to get my first Jedi kill. I figure I'd just steal this chick and then kill her. Yeah. But Maul is such a cocky ass Sith. Like he's he's like I I can't just kill her. I have to fight her. I have to beat her. I have to know that I bested a Jedi. So he takes her away from this uh, this gambling ring, and then they start placing bets on who's going to kill Maul first, oh, trying to get her back. So, like, all these people are coming after Maul. He takes the help from uh, from Cad Bane, a bounty hunter. From He, he popped up in Clone Wars for a while. Um, and some other chick that worked with Cad Bane, I forget her name, she's in Clone Wars also. But uh, they take him to this planet with the chick, uh, young Padawan, and he's talking to her this whole time and learning how she's learned and he's starting to grow respect for the Jedi in a way where it's like, you know, I always thought the Jedi were just weak and stupid and this and that. But then he's like, you know, you if you've proven anything, it's that like a Jedi could be just as strong as me and I need to not be so cocky in the situation. Oh, yeah. Then he goes to fight her and she's like, She's like almost kicking his ass. 
A Padawan. Yeah, a Padawan. And he's supposed to be, like, basically a Jedi Knight equivalent of a Sith. And uh, he's just, like, you know, he's, he's trying to fight her as best as he can. And then there comes a point where, like, he thinks he's about the... Uh, like, he thinks she's purposely, like, throwing the fight. And he's like, like, come at me. And she throws her lightsaber at him, and, like, it goes over his shoulder. And then she, like... Like, she looks at him like, ah, And then he's like, you missed. And then she's like, ah, but I didn't. And then she uses the lightsaber to, like, break the wall and, like, collapse it on him. <laughs> and he's like, she did not just fucking do that. <laughs> so he, like, he like she's not paying attention. He, like, breaks out of the rocks and stabs her through the back. Oh. And he, like, whispers in her ear, like, make no mistake. You are not just a Padawan. You are a master. Like... I am letting you know that you have the skills to be that. And that's don't true. don't listen to what anyone has ever told you. And he, like, gives her this send-off that's epic. Um, but, like, in comparison to Mace Windu, his, his whole thing is he goes from violence to grace. Like, it's, it's so cool. Like, there's this robot that, like, targets him midway through that story. Oh. And it's... It, it has his fighting style learned. It learned all the the different Jedi. This is like an assassin, like IG-88 yeah, style assassin. Exactly uh-huh. like it. And uh, but it's so cool because like you know Mace Windu's the like he's kind of like he's just a black Qui Gon Jinn. Like he, he'll, <laughs> he'll 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 do the shit that most Jedi won't. Yeah, it's true. Um, yeah, he's he doesn't necessarily follow doctrine. Per right, he does his own feelings. Like he he respects it, but he's not gonna follow it one hundred percent. Be blinded by it. Yeah, um, but there comes this moment where the where the droid thinks it bested him, and he's like, "Good one," and he just like force grips its head and like rips it off, <laughs> and then like and then it detonates like in his hand. He's just like, and he's like. Like everybody, Kit Fisto's looking at him like, oh, (laughs) (laughs) it's the shit. But like the way they tell these stories now is so damn good, Mm -hmm. and it just, I don't know. It's a shame when you see the new shit coming out about uh, that most recent Star Wars comic with um, Luke and Han and Leia, and how the artist is just you know copying and copying and pasting. Scene for scene. Straight from movies, straight from... Like, it's pretty bad. If you guys look at our Twitter, the at DFAM podcast, you'll see that I posted images of it. It's pretty bad. Like, that artist really, it like, legitimately um, just took a scene from the movie and uh, traced over it. Yeah, it his, looks like he just overlaid it. His name is Salvador... La Roca. Apparently he was an Iron Man artist as well. This goes back to like 2012 where he got caught doing that for Iron Man. But like he did a piece uh, I'm not trying to like just, just burn this guy, you know. Even though whatever. he deserves it. No, it's just like, yeah, it was just like he like he took a some Google image art, right? If you Google scared girl, the first result that pops up is this little girl pretending to you know, be scared or whatever. But he basically like traced her face and put her in the freaking Iron Man Fear Itself number seven point three, and it's just like it's a copyrighted image, not a photo, not not a photo photo taken by the artist himself. It's not used as inspiration. It's literally line for line traced, and then he turned it in. And the thing is, is, some people say, well, you know, a lot of artists do that 
a little bit here and there, you know. A but, little bit. But not blatantly. And it's one thing to, like, you know, like, there's an image of Padme lying in her, you know, her coffin or whatever with the flowers around her, all that from the movie. And the dude did a comic book, you know, one of the Vader comics, and they showed her doing the same thing. It was like, you know, but the problem is, is like, literally, like, every flower, every leaf is exactly the same. Completely so traced. So all he did was literally, like, lay paper over the freaking picture and trace the shit. And it's it's just, it bothers me because you get people that work really, really hard, that hand draw their shit. Yeah. You know, and if you're, if you're, like, an artist and you have your own characters and you just have, you have certain character positions and models and you just use those, that's one thing. That's your stuff. You made that. Mm-hmm. You know, but to take somebody else's art, and photography and film is art. You're taking somebody's photograph, somebody's art, and you're copying it and claiming it as your own. That's, that's bullshit. Yeah, it's bullshit. You know, and it just... And, and using the excuse of, I'm I'm doing this for Disney, I'm doing this for Star Wars. Yeah, or it's a timetable issue. I am allowed to use it. Yeah. Or it's a timetable issue. A lot of people say, well, you know, artists like that can knock out three comics in one month, whereas a regular artist might take, you know, a whole month to do, like, you know, eight pages. It's like, well, yeah, well, you know what? eight pages are going to look a hell of a mm-hmm. lot better than that traced over Exactly. Bullshit. And it, it pulls you... And this is what a lot of people on, like, uh, Reddit and stuff have been saying, is that it legitimately pulls you out of the story. And it's true, those Star Wars comics, you'll be reading them, and there's a scene where, you know, Han is looking at somebody, and freaking, it's it's You're Harrison looking Ford. at it like, holy shit, that is literally Harrison Ford. It is. And if you look at the imagery, it's like, they literally took, he took shots from The Empire Strikes Back. Because I've seen those movies so many, so times. many times. I know every scene, mm-hmm. I know every cut. I know every sound. You know, they start playing, you know, certain sounds. You give you me a two word, three words out of a sentence, I can tell you where the fuck they are in the galaxy and what's right. going on. And, uh, freaking, because I'm a nerd. I'm a huge nerd. Uh-huh. And, uh, like, the dude, like, it just it pulls you up because you look at that image and your brain connects that facial feature and that to look that part of the movie. To that part of the movie. And immediately mm-hmm. pulls you out of the comic. Because I, I noticed it right away. I noticed it right away. Yep. I noticed it would lay a big time. Oh, yeah. There's a scene where she's looking at Han, and she's looking like over her shoulder to the right. Yeah. And it's legitimately, it's when he walks into the control room, and, and Empire Strikes Back, and she yep. turns she turns That to exact moment. And it's just like, I knew exactly what it was. And it's, the thing is, it's, it's shitty, but I, mean, I my wife's an artist. I know a lot of comic book artists. I mean, a lot. You know? A lot of them work, you know, I have a couple of artist friends that work for Marvel. You know, I have artist friends that have worked for IDW. And the thing is, is like, they don't, they don't do that. They mm-hmm. just don't. You know, you need to be, you, you, it's, it's, it's difficult in this day and age to say, you know, everything has to be unique and da 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 and then to stick with it because of timetables and all that. And people gobble shit up. And this, in the day and age, you know, like we, with Netflix, we watch like a whole series in literally in a day. A day. Yeah, you know, and it's it's easy to get in that binge mentality where you want to binge, 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 binge. You know, I catch up on comic books all of a sudden, like the Darth Vader ones. I didn't watch them. I didn't read them from the beginning. I all of a sudden I stumbled across them. I'm like, this is badass, and I read all of them in like three days. Yeah, you know, and I was hungry for more, but the next one doesn't come out for another month. Right. You know, I mean, I get that that the desire, you know, to have everything now, 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 but. You, know, you can't let that transfer to the art world like that. It's so no, because it bad. kills integrity across the board. It like does, and it and it makes the the culture worse for other artists. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because then it's like, how can they get jobs when people are hiring you? Because you can just mass produce off of some bullshit where you're not even creating it really. And, and the thing is, is like George Lucas and the the creative staff are 
the original Star Wars, Star Wars trilogy, they that was their shit. That's their art. They made that. Yeah. They made that. Period. Even if they don't technically own it anymore, uh, exactly, it's still their. You're art. taking you're taking a scene that a bunch of people worked really hard on to put together the costume people, the makeup people, the set designers, the writers, the actors. You're taking all that shit, and you're tracing it, and then saying, "I did yeah. this. Look what I did." That's so bad. It's bullshit. And I honestly, I cannot believe it. Like I read the comics, and I'm like, dude, I don't, I don't want to give this guy another lick of my attention and so like anything is done by him i'm not gonna read it's like being that kid that sucks at art and having your parents do your art project Mm -hmm. and then say that it's yours and then you get an a on it and you're like i'm so good at art oh yeah it's exactly yeah like seriously dude like quit your job you are not doing anybody in this like any good well i mean it happens in all it's you know, so bad. All genres. I mean, in all, all different types of art. You have Everything. music, what Vanilla Ice did, and that bullshit excuse he had. Yeah. You know, well, well it's, one, it's, it's one beat off. Seriously. You know? you know, it's just, it's, the thing is, is like most people see through it and go, that's bullshit. I mean, hell, even the, even movies, like people seen Force Awakens, and, you know, a, a large chunk of people were like, this is really good. And then there was that other chunk of people that were like, it was good, but. It's literally episode four. <laughs> it really it's literally is, yeah. New Hope. It's retelling it, yeah. Just this, just a different set of characters added in. like. And it is. And it, 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 it is, really is. You know? But, I mean, it has the subtle differences that make it its own, but it's like, come on, you're not fucking fooling anybody. Yeah, and it's, well, I mean, and you get to that point, too, with, with stuff like that where you can't, you can't get away with shit like that with yeah. diehard fans. I mean... You know, like, you have shows like 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 Orville, which are, you know, honestly, it's it's almost like an homage to Star Trek. If, like if they released a new tar- Star Trek series mm-hmm. on regular television that wasn't bullshit, like Discovery is talking about Klingons have two dicks and all sorts of weird shit that's going. On. That'll be another episode, by the way. We're going to mm-hmm. cover that. We're covering that shit. I don't I, want to cover it until I watch it. Oh, honestly, we're going to have to wait. We'll watch it. We'll watch it. But that's that's just some, some weird shit going on in that show. Yeah. You know, Spock has a stepsister, apparently. That nobody it's all mirror universe, though. It doesn't I matter. I don't believe it. It doesn't matter. It's it. massive what if. I don't believe it. Nerds! 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 Yeah, it's just weird. Like, I don't know. But yeah, Speaking of what if, ooh. you got oh. into that... Uh, the What If books of oh, the EU. Oh, Star Wars Infinities. Mm-hmm. Oh, my God. I was turgid reading that shit, man. That was amazing. It was so good. <laughs> Josh Henderson had, had mentioned it in uh, a podcast once, and I was like, I've read those a little bit. I think I've read a couple issues. And I went back, and uh, I reread them, and I forgot how good they are. Mm-hmm. It's basically just the Star Wars Infinities were done by... Dark Horse Comics, I think? Is it Dark Horse? Most comics? likely. I think they did a large run of comics back then. I don't know anything. Pretty sure it was Dark Horse. Star Wars Infinities. Because it wasn't Image. Yeah, it was. And it wasn't Valiant. That's true. Yeah, it had to have been Dark Horse. Star Wars Infinities. I have to look this up. You guys can't see right now what's going on, but I am. Uh, I have my phone out and I'm Googling it. you got to make sure. Star Wars Infinity. Yeah, Dark Horse. Is Earth. Dark Horse. Um, but what they did basically is they said, okay, well, what if... Uh, what if Luke died on Hoth? They, they treat the original movies, you know, A New Hope, Empire Strikes Back, and then Return of the Jedi, as they, they, the the comic series. It's, it's like like a five or six issue comic series, and they start from beginning to end. They start okay, well, like uh, 
like like A New Hope, for instance, one of Luke's torpedoes doesn't explode. It fails. It still goes down the tube, and the Death Star is damaged, but it doesn't blow up. So Tarkin lives. Um, the Yavin 4 base does get fired on. It doesn't kill everybody, but it damages all their ships. Leia gets captured. Mm-hmm. She gets taken you know, by Vader back to the Emperor, who turns her into basically his stooge, and she becomes almost like Huxes in the new movies, where she's all about Imperial propaganda. Right. You know, you see the Death Star orbiting Coruscant, the whole Imperial fleet's there. Well, Luke goes to train with Yoda, Han drops him off, and so Luke actually completes his training with Yoda. He becomes a full Jedi under Yoda. He has the, t- the time, he spends a year doing that, because they think that Leia's dead. Mm-hmm. Han, and her don't, Han and Luke don't realize that she's, you know, Right. Alive. And uh, so Luke and Yoda go to face the Emperor Invader on the Millennium Falcon. Yoda goes onto the Death Star and, you know, like the, the, basically the land of the. Yoda's so powerful. The Millennium Falcon lands on the Death Star. Yoda walks off and says, You're going to take me on a tour of the ship. The Stormtrooper's like, you're gonna ta- I'm going to take you on a tour of the ship. And uh, uh, he's like, These people are free to go. So the, and he's like, These people are free to go. So the, Luke and Han get back in the Falcon, go to Coruscant. Yoda goes to Tarkin on the uh, freaking Death Star, and it's like, hey, I haven't seen you since you were little. Guess what? You're going to be my bitch. So <laughs> Tarkin starts, he's like, I want, I want a display. Show me what this thing can do. Starts shooting at those Super Star Destroyers. So he takes the Death, the Death so Star and starts cool. blowing up Super Star Destroyers, like left and right. There's like six of them out there. <laughs> they all get annihilated. The Death Star is just blowing stuff up, blowing stuff up. And That's uh, awesome. The Emperor is distracted because Vader is there with Luke and Leia mm-hmm. on uh, uh, what you call on Coruscant. Oh, three PO has been captured and reprogrammed. By the way, he pulls a gun on Han and holds him hostage. It's a great series. But long story short, Yoda knows he's dying anyway. He's old, yeah. so he basically, as soon as Luke and them have gotten free, um, he. Drops the Death Star onto Coruscant on top of the Imperial Palace on top of the Emperor and kills him. The entire Death Star. So he has R two D two fire that the engines and the thing smashes down and destroys everything. <laughs> it's obliterated. That's so and that was the end of the first comic. That was a New Hope. And there's other ones. There's two other ones in there, and they're fantastic. You know, Han goes blind in one of them, and one of them, um, Luke and the, the Empire Strikes Back when Luke dies on Hoth. Uh-huh. So. Han and Leia go to Dagobah, and Leia trains with Yoda. It's amazing. It's a very, very well done comic. Well, I that's love what Yoda, like that's that. what uh, Yoda wanted to do. He didn't want to train Luke. He said Luke was, uh, you know, he was stubborn. He was too old, and he was hard headed. He was hard headed. He was cocky. Yeah. And he was he was like, you know, I'd rather train her. That's or at least, I mean, even if he didn't explicitly say he wanted to train Leia. She was like his backup. Yeah. You know, so like if, like if Luke's, like, she was like his if, if Luke wasn't, If Luke wasn't ideal, <laughs> that was like what Rick his go-to would be. Yeah. <laughs> so he was like, nah, I already don't like Luke. I've known him for like five minutes. I don't like this kid. <laughs> <laughs> like, give me Leia. He's got too much of his father in him and all that stuff, yeah. Yeah. But the comics are, are very well written. The writers in those comics are amazing. And they're mm-hmm. fun. They're, they're just a ton of fun. Yeah. Um. I generally enjoyed the Vader comics, you know. Mm-hmm. I did enjoy the Star Wars comics, despite the artistic weirdness that was going on in them. Um, yeah, see, like, that's the thing. I don't want to read those new Star Wars comics with Leia, mm-hmm. Luke, and Han because of the artistic 
failure going on with mm. the tracing and all that. But I know there is good stories in there. I know for a fact they have explanations of things that I want to know more about. Like, they even explain how uh, the crate base came to be in Last Jedi. Mm-hmm. Like, they show Leia and Luke and all them, like, getting chased away by uh, stormtroopers while they're in the spe- the speeders, the, the sand yeah. speeders. Yeah. And they're, uh, you know, like, they're carving up the, the grounds and shit. Then these, like, crazy beasts burst out and shit. And it's fucking crazy because you yeah. find out so much more about the planet. Yeah. But, uh, I mean, it's just... It kills it for me when I'm looking and then I see, like, a blatant shot from the movie of, like, Luke looking shocked. And then, like, the next the next time you see Luke, he looks half-retarded. Yeah. And you're like, yeah. like, are, you, like are you serious? Yeah, some of the scenes, I, there was a couple of comics I had read. What was the Infinities comic, actually? Where, mm. like, the art was really weird. Like, they drew Han's face and Leia's face and they looked like almost identical like the artist couldn't I don't know if he couldn't do Carrie Fisher or what but to me it looked it looked because all of a sudden it was like that's, that's a man face that's but, you a know, man you know but I mean it didn't pull me out of the story you know as much as it was still I was still just like oh that's not the lay I'm used to seeing okay. right um, she's got a butt chin and she's a really big face but that's not you know, it's not the end of the world it's not traced you know it was it's that really definitely does pull you out of it I mean yeah, but there's certain comic series even from the like the '90s. There was you know a series of, like of X Men, for instance, that I could not watch or couldn't watch. Listen to me, oh Jesus, couldn't read. I couldn't read because yeah. it was the it was off slightly. Like like Logan's head was the size of a goddamn microwave oven, and like his arms looked ridiculously big, like they were like you know four feet wide and something. You're talking about like the series that came out after the animated show. Well, like Ultimate X Men, for instance. Yeah, oh yeah, stuff like that. You yeah, know, the way they drew. I'm not talking about proportional issues necessarily either. Just you know, like cable being really really big or anything, but just like weird stuff. You know. You know what's funny is like with regards to X Men, like, um. With the movies, that you know, Wolverine's their flagship and whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, but like with the comics, Wolverine was good in his beginning comics and whatnot. And then when they went back and kind of ch- tried to tell how he got his, like how he went from bones to adamantium and this and that, like it was all right. Then like when you get to the '90s and 2000s and they tried to redo it about 12 different times. It just went bad. Like, it was just bad. Yeah, yeah. Like, I distinctly remembering, like, a, a fucking 14-page comic. It was so short and so bad about the moment he leaves the Weapon X facility. And it was terrible. Like, a pack of wolves chases him down. And, like... And then... And it's right outside of, like, a farmhouse or something. Yeah. In Canada. And uh, the guy comes out with his wife with a shotgun and this and that. And they go to shoot him. And then the wolves come in and they attack him. And then he just, like, kills all the wolves. And then he walks off. And, like, there was no no problem to be resolved. There was no story. It was, like, there were, like, five words total. And it was, like, 14 pages. And it was done. And I'm like, people paid for this. (laughs) (laughs) Somewhere down the line, someone lost a dollar. Like... (laughs) <laughs> to this I wonder how much money was made off of this shitty comic and it didn't really get good until recent years until Marvel started getting into overhauls where they needed good stories 
I, I think Old Man Logan is the best thing that's happened to Wolverine since the 80s. It is a pretty sweet character. Honestly. They do the... Um, they've done crossovers with Star Trek and X-Men. Mm-hmm. But I wonder why they've never really done a Star Wars crossover. <laughs> I mean... Well, now and, that's Disney and... Oh, yeah, they own them all. I'm yeah. waiting for that with that new... Um, Avengers movie, like I told you, they. Uh, It'd be great to get some sort of uh, cross. See, that's the thing though. Like, they're trying to keep it on a, on like a, Star Wars movies exist, in yeah and Marvel. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Because like, even in uh, Homecoming, Spider Man, dude had a massive Death Star Lego oh, yeah, set. Yeah, yeah, oh yeah. So like, it's it's there, so they can go and watch Star Wars at the theater. I just mean like, well, like Josh Wendon. His he's part of that stuff. They like he he part he direct he worked in some of the, the movies or whatever. Yeah. So you've got like he's get, great. And so like in Infinity Wars, you could, you know, Buffy was owned by Fox. So did have you, Thanos did, literally take the gauntlet and create Vader in front of oh, us? Oh, that'd be hilarious. I mean, because you could also do like Buffy fighting people in the street, and you got Blade. <laughs> so you got you got Blade, Vampire Hunter, with Wesley Snipes fighting, and you got Sarah Michelle Geller kicking butt in the background because Sarah Michelle Geller ridiculous. Ooh, she's awesome, but you know, so I, I, it's gratuitous, but yeah, it's oh, oh, so dude, good. Oh, dude, you could do whatever you so want. So good. You could have a goddamn DeLorean go flying across the screen. You do whatever oh you want. I mean, people would salivate and lose. Literally their create Homer Simpson in the three D reality. <laughs> Oh, no, that would be horrifying. And was, <laughs> he just says "doe" and then dies. Yeah, like that'd be awesome. Oh, for God's sake! Yeah, you got pulling you. Uh, have we, the X Files like try to solve the case of Thanos? Oh Jesus Christ! No. <laughs> the alien that came to Earth. Oh God! But yeah, you could pull like I mean stuff like that definitely pulls you out of the in the movie. Just like the going back to the Star Wars stuff, the the tracing does. I mean. I don't like stuff like that that pulls yeah. me out of it. It's kind of it bugs me. I mean, you know, it's there's certain things you just when you're immersed in a storyline, you it's as bad as somebody coming up to you and tapping you on the shoulder while you're reading a really that's good terrible. book. It's terrible. That's the only thing I can equate it to. Um, but I did like the uh, the other Star Wars stuff, like the the Poe Dameron comic we're re- we're reading right now is really good. Mike yeah, and I are both reading really this comic, good. and it's fun. It's very funny. The villain. What what comic did you get to in it? I, I, I think I'm at 16 out of, I, out of 23. I think I'm like 14 or 15. No, because it started have, at 12. Have you seen what happened to Terex? Yeah, how, yeah, yeah, how he became like robotic. Where they turned him into like Lobot yeah, for the like first order. Yeah. But yeah. he's still smart as hell. It's interesting. Oh, it's so cool. And he, before that all happened, he was like flying Tarkin's stealth cruiser. And oh, like, yeah. And yeah. he used it to spy on the resistance and shit, and that's how he got all the intelligence needed to figure out where they were gonna be and this and that. And it's interesting how he how he was like a um, a uh, stormtrooper, mm-hmm. you know. And at the Battle of Jakku, he deserted. He shot his the stormtrooper commander that was next to him. And yeah. He was like fight, fight, fight. He's like, you know what? Fuck you, dude. And he blew right, like it's up. over. I just watched yeah. the final Star Destroyer crash. Yeah, there is no empire. I am done. You know, and it's an interesting. Uh, that's so cool. Interesting series, and I, I like that they they are filling stuff in, mm-hmm. and they're not going too crazy with it. You know, yeah, they're it's not, not being, too out of bounds. Like, yeah, no, it's they're doing it right. Whoever's in charge of their comics, like right now, as far as story goes, mm-hmm. they're they're doing well. Writers, fantastic. writers craft the story big time. I mean, yes, artists also have a big. You know, obviously, you're looking at it. It's it's it. Has a huge influence on the storyline, but if the writing isn't isn't spot on, the writing's not there, it's not going to work. Mm-hmm. You know, 
uh, my friend Casey works has a comic called Nora, mm-hmm. and her writing is like spot on. Like you, you read that shit, and you're just like, oh my god, you know, I don't want to put it down. Right. And you know, the artists that work on these comics, it makes a big difference too. But without that writing, you know, like my wife is now doing. Um, the art for Casey's comic through mm-hmm. Source, Source Point Press. Yeah. So I'm a little biased, obviously. But, you know, <laughs> Kelly's style of art is very good. My wife's art is very, very good. Oh, I agree. And uh, it's it's cool. Cause, you know, you look at it and it really it does suck you into the story. So, you know, her, between Casey's writing and Kelly's art, it's going to be amazing. Even more amazing than it already is. It's already an amazing comic. Right. But we, and we have, like, you know, friends that do different uh, comic books and stuff. And it's like, you can tell the ones that, like, put their heart and soul into a comic. And you can tell that these writers for these Star Wars comics are doing that. Yeah. They're definitely, like, pouring all of their creative energy into them. And it makes a huge difference. The original Star Wars comics that came out in the 70s and 80s, mm-hmm. I've gone back and read them, and it's it's a bit of a convoluted mess. You know, I haven't reread all of them. I've, you know, I started reading them. I got up to, like, issue, like, 40, I think, or something. I don't know. Yeah. It, was, it, was, it was up there. And it was they introduced all sorts of non-canon characters, all through then like weird ones too. I mean, people you never even thought of like, yeah, would be possible. It was it's really strange stuff, but it's interesting to read and just it is kind of cool because they hadn't really flushed out all the characters at that point, you know. Right. As far as like their backstories and stuff like that, I mean, you know. And that's always good to get some clarification on things. And you never know exactly what uh, what they're going to do with the character either. Like they had. Uh, Han Solo um, and Princess Leia get married, mm-hmm. and they had all these. They had, you know the the, the twins. They had what, three kids. Yeah, they, they, they had three kids or whatever. Well, that's Jaina and Jason. Jaina and Jason and, then and Anakin. Anakin. But that's not real. You know, they, they, well, not real. It's it, not if it's real. Um, but that's not considered canon. That whole and then Luke is, had Ben. Yeah, Luke had with ben. Mara Jade. Yep, and it's all flushed down the tube. And now they just said, "Fuck Jaina, Jason, fuck Anakin. Mm-hmm. Let's just yeah. take Ben." And make sure that Luke never had a kid and just move him over to Han and Leia. Because it makes sense that they have at least one kid. Oh, yeah. Like, I mean, it. it I'm glad that they did that kind of retcon to, yeah. to the story. Yeah. Because, like, it really doesn't make sense that Leia and Han were trying to raise three kids during a galactic civil war. <laughs> it really just doesn't make but sense. But they had Winter to help. No. They, they, <laughs> no. She was sex super group. And the Battle of Endor was not the end of the Civil War. Yeah. Like that shit raged on in the oh, EU. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh yeah. But, expanded uh, universe stuff. I mean, you had all these different great. You had Grand Admiral Thrawn, Admiral Dalla. You had yeah. all sorts of stuff going like, on. Like with uh, like with the new canon, it's like mm-hmm. it's short and concise. Like and they clean it up a lot. Yeah, like that second mess. Death Star happened, and then you got about two years, and then the Battle of Jakku, mm-hmm. and then it's just over. Like, there's no more conflict for another 20, 30 years until the First Order show up. Yeah. I mean, like, the First Order were on the outer re- outer region. They're unknown regions. Yeah, they, they literally powers. have the unknown regions of space mapped, yeah. and it's their charted land that they control. They go planet to planet terrorizing, which is so fucking cool. <laughs> but, uh, Peace through tyranny. That's how you do it. I it's like it. Pure order. Uh-huh. <laughs> who, need, who needs free we are will? Horrible people. Who needs free will? Fuck all that. Free will, as long as there's whiskey. We need it. freedom in doses. Yes. Very small doses. <laughs> oh my god, it's horrifying. <laughs> we sound like such assholes. People are like, I'm not listening to you guys ever again. Fuck, fuck all that. Oh my god. <laughs> um, 
But, you know, I like those comics. I thought they were they were pretty cool. Pretty good. There's, there's a lot still to, to like to delve into for me too. Like the Doctor Afra comics are uh, a fun. Interesting. Read. They're very fun. Where she and Vader kind of team up a little bit. I want more comics detailing what happens with Vader, um, in between. Uh, well, I want more in between three and four. Mm-hmm. At least, like, even to build up to Rogue One. Um, but I'd also like to see what happens with Vader in between five and six. Yeah. Like, after the whole finding out uh, Luke is his, his son, son. Yeah. and then meeting his son and actually saying, like, like I'm your father. Well, and yeah. then he's got, like, two years where he's got to meditate on the fact of... Like, how am I going to get my son to turn with me? Yeah, they they, they kind of delve into that a little bit in some of them. They're still kind of going through it. The yeah. Dark Horse, the Dark Horse uh, series of comics are kind of fun, even though it's considered non-canon. Because mm-hmm. there's a bunch of, like, six-issue miniseries yeah. out there. I love miniseries. Three or four of them, actually. And they detail Vader, like, right after, like, legitimately, like, right after episode three, mm-hmm. you know. And it's kind of neat because they show like how he's still still adjusting to his armor. He has to go in for treatments. Yeah. They have to keep tweaking the nervous this nervous system settings, all this stuff. Yeah. And uh, so he's you know he'll he'll have Vader like suspended. And he's at this point he's like almost thirty, you know. Yeah. yeah so yeah. he looks different, you know. And uh, obviously he has no hair, mm-hmm. but he's like sitting there. He's just stubs, you know. Right. And his robots are working on. But it's uh. It's kind of neat. I mean, but they, of course, being non-canon, you gotta you read it with a grain of salt. You go, oh, this is cool. Right. I'll consider. Yeah, because like after the canon has changed, you gotta go back and read it with grains of salt because mm-hmm. you know it's never gonna be the truth anymore. Especially now that you know, because they do have like three or four Vader comics through Marvel right now, and they have yeah. those ones with Doctor Aphra. They have the ones that are more later in his story, and then they do have ones that are just after Episode Three. Where you see like Palpatine on Coruscant, like takes all the Jedi lightsabers he can find and like uh-huh. has a a lightsaber burning, which is the yeah. coolest shit. Oh yeah, like literally a book burning for the Jedi like lifestyle, and uh, you know you watch Vader go through like he goes through like thirteen different robotic limbs and like ten issues. Like oh, it's, yeah. he he gets fucked up in them first ten comics as Vader. And uh, you just see him adjust to his, like... Like, he, he lost so much power with each limb he lost. So, like... Oh, yeah. I mean, at this point, he basically relies on his brain more than anything. Yeah, brute force. Like, seriously. Yeah, he like, can't. anger is, like, his ultimate weapon. And the Emperor knows that. The Emperor realizes that Vader's usefulness is, like, limited. When, right, because when, you, when you're Anakin and you have 20,000 midichlorians per cell... And you are considered the most powerful in the galaxy. Yeah. But then you lose however many cells that were on both of your legs. Yeah, and then right. you lose however many cells that were on both of your hands. Like, your your power just got significantly reduced. And that's the thing. Like, he did rely on the dark side. And he was powerful. But you got to remember, like, you know, he wasn't... There wasn't there weren't a lot of people to really go up against him. There was still some rogue Jedi and stuff like that, but mm-hmm. it wasn't, you know. These these comics also, by the way, bring in the um, some of the stuff from the Clone Wars. What do they call the Inquisitors? Where they yeah. were they were dark dark Jedi, but they weren't Sith. Well, yeah, because they were Jedi at first. Yeah, and they they kind of rejected the teachings after uh, 
well, shortly before Order 66, yeah. they were seduced. Yeah. And they, they couldn't claim Sith because they were trained in the light. Yeah, exactly. But they didn't believe in the light anymore. They were full belief in the dark side. So the Emperor's like, eh. I'll use you. Fuck it. You'll get used. And it's good to have a few around just in case Vader dies accidentally. Yeah. And that's the thing, too. Is like, you know, some of these people were like, just in case. Yeah, they were contingencies, things. for sure. Like, if Vader fucks up, I got like six dudes in the back that are ready to do some damage. Exactly. He was always planning to replace Vader anyway, I'm sure. Yeah. You know, but they also talk about... Um, like in those comics, I know it's, it's canon now that the Emperor had this program where if he died, that the Empire would die with him. Like, there was like a, a scorched earth kind of uh, thing where... Like, well, Operation Cinder... That's what it was, was yeah, uh, yeah. That was... They showed that in, in the game, the uh, Battlefront game that just came out. Um, it's so cool because that game shows a really deep perspective from somebody in the Empire. She, uh, she grew up on this planet Vardos. Mm-hmm. And uh, her father is a um, an admiral of a certain um, star destroyer. Like he's he's running his own star destroyer, and uh, her her mom was in charge of imperial propaganda for a certain sector, and uh, so she's full empire her whole life. And then the empire the emperor dies, and then she gets um, ordered to her dad basically to come see your dad and her dad's with this like droid like that looks like an imperial guard like the red imperial guard but it turns around and it's got like a tv face like it's weird and it has palpatine's face on it and it's a recorded message saying like you need to go to this planet this planet this planet right now the empire is done but you need to strike fear into these people so we can keep some control so that the Senate doesn't rise again. Even though the Empire is gone, we yeah. cannot let the galaxy go back to what it was before. Yeah. So they go to Vardos, her home planet, and they just start burning it. Like yeah. they have these laser cannons that like they're like satellites and yeah. they just like annihilate the ground. And she's that was the her turning point. Yeah. She's like, I can't be a part of this. Like, Dad, this is our home planet. Yeah. We're like we're destroying lives here that are our own kind. These people are worthy to be amongst our ranks. These people worship us. Yeah. And he's just like, an order's an order. Emperor is dead, but it doesn't matter. Yeah. Like we signed up for this. So like you see that like the Empire had a real turmoil going on inside where like some people were like, Oh, all hail. The the, yeah. the dead emperor. Yeah. And then other people were like, what the fuck are we doing? Oh, yeah, yeah. But that contingency plan, like, Palpatine had everything figured out when it came to uh, how the galaxy should be ran for the next 40 years after episode three. It was a way to bring, uh, also a chance to bring back the Sith, I'm sure. You yeah. Because, like, you know, I mean. Yeah, that, it, it set it up, for sure. It's interesting, though. Yeah, that, that I remember you, you telling me about that. And there's a lot of comics to read. There's just a lot. There's you know? so much. <laughs> Luckily, we travel for a living, so we do have time. We have time. You know, yeah. in that respect, like, you know, when I make you drive and I get to do it. That's it. <laughs> but um, it was pretty cool. Well, I, I highly recommend you guys go out and pick up these comics if you can. We've spoiled a lot of them, Definitely. obviously. You know, but it is really, really a ton of fun. Mm-hmm. Um, they're great reads. You'll see what we mean about the... Um, uh, the tracing when you go to read these comics, so it, it will either either you won't mind it, you know, you won't care, 
or it will drive you bat crap crazy. Yep. You'll look at the comics and you'll go, well, that's Bib Fortuna. Exactly. Literally the same the movie. Okay, then. You know, it's, just, it, it's one of those little things that you, you'll, you'll pick up on. Um, you can uh, definitely read those comics in collected editions now, too. A lot of them I think they're already putting out. Otherwise, you can probably find them on Amazon. You know, there's lots of different ways to to get to them but they're worth a read and it's worth building a fun little collection up to have for, you know you can buy them digitally yes but it's fun to actually have the paper in your hands too which is kind of cool you know? yeah so you can follow us on uh, at dfam podcast on twitter um, you can also email us at uh, don't feed after midnight at protonmail.com if you have any questions or comments um, also I highly recommend if you live in the midwest in May, the Motor City Comic Book Convention is going to be going on. I'm going to be there. Um, I'll try to be there. Mike's going to try to be there. <laughs> um, we're not going to have a booth, but we're you know I'll be helping my wife. We'll be working with the other comic book, comic book artists. So I will be there at her booth as her booth babe. You know, total I, babe. I'm a total booth babe. I'm really good at selling stuff. Um, <laughs> but yeah, it'll be a lot of fun. So it's it's uh, I believe it's May 18th, 19th, and 20th this year. I want to say. Um, but they have a lot of fun guests, and it's, it's a neat show to, to come to. And on Saturday night, everybody gets together at the hotel that's adjacent to the Novi Expo Center, or the Rock Financial Center, whatever, Suburban Showplace, whatever the hell they call it now. And they have big outdoor fire pits, and we all drink, and we do, we don't, I don't do karaoke, but I watch people do karaoke. And, uh... Probably for the best. It, oh, God, it's, it's really <laughs> bad that happens. Um... And we have a good time on Saturday night. It's an open party for everybody, and you'll have a couple hundred people milling around the place. And the celebrities take it. You know, they get involved too. I watched the guy that plays Jesus on Walking Dead uh, sing a huge, an amazing song. And Amy Jo Johnson, who was the original Pink Power Ranger, was sitting there dancing on a damn table to it. I mean, it was it was amazing. It's a lot of fun. It really is a ton of fun. So if you can come, I highly recommend it. Um, it's May eighteenth, nineteenth, and twentieth. At the Suburban Collection Showplace. And that's uh, on, in uh, Grand River Avenue. It's in Novi, Michigan. So just pushing that out there. Just saying, hey, come hang out. You guys have yourself a time. We'll see Do you it. next time. Peace. Peace.